Real quick, my friends, if you want to make more money with less marketing of your books, then go to my website, zbooks.co, and download my free niche finder tool at the top of the page. It's called Free Niche Finder Tool. And when you download that tool, you're going to get a bunch of emails from me that show you exactly what to do and video tutorials, and you're going to make more money by optimizing your books. I've helped a lot of people with this tool already. So go to zbooks.co and get the free niche finder tool. All right, back to that podcast. Welcome to the first podcast of ZBooks, and I'm so honored today because for my very first podcast, I have the Zen master of audiobooks, Mr. Simon Whistler. Welcome, Simon, and thank you so much for taking the time out of your day for this interview. You're quite welcome. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I don't know how Zen I am, but I do know a, a thing or two about audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's my thing from California, right? We're always this mix of Zen and whatever. <laughs> sure. Steve Jobs, right? So, <laughs> yep. um, so again, um, uh, so how's the weather in Prague? It is warm. I'm a little bit sweaty. It must be said. Uh, yeah, a couple of days of very hot weather. It must be in the thirties right now, um, in Celsius. I'm not sure what that is in, in Fahrenheit, but nice. you're, you're in Germany. So you understand Celsius. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm in Hamburg and, uh, we're not hot at all. <laughs> yeah. We were uh, rained out yesterday and, uh, really hot and muggy. So today's rather nice, but, um, so tell me, um, you're from England, uh, and you're a trained. Well, what did you study? You studied voice? No, not at all. I um, did my undergrad in business and then a postgrad in law. Um, so obviously, I put that to great use. <laughs> uh, no, this was all kind of rather accidental for me getting into the audio world. I um, I took a year out to do some traveling. After university, I went to do an internship in Sri Lanka and. Kind of as that wound to a close, I realized, hey, I kind of like living abroad. I kind of like traveling. And I had done a bit of voice work previously, um, just very much on the side um, back in the day and thought, you know, I could I could probably do a bit more of this and I could make a living that, you know, would pay me enough money to live in Sri Lanka, at least. And just kind of went from there, really. Um, right. Yeah. Like I said, making good use of those degrees. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And then and then somebody came along and said, man, you've got an awesome voice you should make money with it. I guess I'd kind of been told I had a, a bit of a radio voice for, well, I, you know, since, uh, since my voice broke as a teenager, I suppose. And uh, at some point I was kind of, I think it was during one of the summer, uh, during one of the summer holidays when I was studying and I was, you know, I do what people do and I go to Google and I search, how do I make money with my voice? And uh, I found a couple of, of websites and this was many years ago. So it wasn't like I'd be swamped with articles on how to do this. It was just a few places to kind of, uh, you know, that were accepting audition tapes from random people. And so I recorded uh a few samples on like the the fifteen dollar microphone that I had plugged into the back of my old Dell PC and oh, mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except the 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 early two thousands version or mid two thousands. Oh, well, um, late two thousands version. What am I talking about? Um, <laughs> and yeah, I sent it off, and one guy was like, "Oh, this does sound good. Um, read some books for us." And so I read some books for for him and. Yeah, kind of went from there. And obviously then uh, ACX came around and everything became really easy. Awesome. And uh, for me, that's great because I hate my voice. I've never liked it. Whenever I hear my voice on recordings, uh, it's so embarrassing. And 
you know, so, you know, I have f friends that say, oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. So, so <laughs> you, you get used to it, I think is the thing. Like yeah. I, I was like, really, you think my voice sounds good? I think I sound terrible. And then after a while, you just get used to it. And then you kind of hit this point where the voice that you, because the voice that you hear sounds different from the voice everyone else hears. But after a while of just recording stuff, it, I think some sort of mental override kicks in. And now when I speak, I know that's how I sound. It's really bizarre. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you're on the ball. You're, um, you're doing this every day, right? Um, I used to do it more. Uh, I, I've kind of taken a bit of a break from doing audiobooks right now to focus on some other projects. But yeah, I'm I'm in the studio, which by that I mean sitting at my desk with my microphone um, every day. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be recording something, whether it be a podcast or some audio for something else. Yeah. So, but uh, getting back to what what you just said, uh, you went to where was it? Sri Lanka. Yeah, um, I finished university and it was basically that was 2008 and mm -hmm. the, the job market in, in London kind of collapsed. The internships that I'd done in law firms didn't really turn into jobs as you kind of expect them or at least hope mm -hmm. them to. And so I was like, oh, well, this is uh, this is pretty lame. So I uh, I went through a student's organization called ISEC. I uh, got a six oh, yeah. month. I, I, are you familiar with them? Great. Uh, yes, I think so because that's how I came to Europe from California. I had a wow. I had a student visa for the first six months or one year, and that enabled me to get a job right away. And that's huh. really good. And I, I don't know if it's ISAC or IESEC. I don't remember, but similar. It's uh, it's a pretty distinct name, and it sounds like exactly the the thing that I did. And yeah, they they got me a job there, working for a, for an NGO there for for a few months, and that extended to six. And then I ended up spending uh, twelve months in the country in the end, um, basically just just extending it and uh, just yeah, um, having a awesome. good time. And so now you're yeah. Yeah, and that's how I kind of got into the whole uh, freelance audio thing. Yeah, so but now you're in Prague and you're living the life of an internet entrepreneur, right? You're living off of your online money or income. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> I um, spent some time in Sri Lanka. I spent some time in Mexico after that. I actually met my girlfriend who is Czech when we were in Sri Lanka. And yeah, a couple of years ago, moved to Prague, and that's where I've where I've been. That's awesome. So all of the Tim Ferriss fans out there are, oh wow, okay, I'm gonna <laughs> the audio books now. Awesome. It, it it sounds like funny to say, but it, it, I did read the Four Hour Workweek, and it did put me onto the idea of, oh, it's a good idea to live. Um, it's not a it, bad book. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I I don't like the title, but it's it's it gets people to read it, I suppose. Yeah, he gets a lot of flack for that, and he has addressed that in his blog many times, yes. and even in the book now, I think in the latest version, and uh, so, yeah. Um, are you still there? I'm still here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm a Linux user, so I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I've got to get all of my uh, Einstellungen here just right. And uh, okay, <laughs> I I forgot to turn off my screen uh, dimmer, whatever you call that. Okay. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, where was I? All right. Um, I was looking at ACX today. And typical Amazon, they've got such a smooth um, uh, GUI. I mean, I was right in there. I put an ace in from one of my books. It found it. I came in, and then I uh, I wanted to sign up, and not available in Germany. Yes. <laughs> so, so now I'm in the uh, what do you call it? The 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 windmill or whatever you say. Okay, am I going to fake it? 
than say I'm in America or so you're in Prague is is it different in Prague or well it's open to people from the UK so I just use my address that I have there to kind ah. of do all that kind of stuff because I mean I'm still um British so I just plug that in from there and ah. I'm kind of hope that that's okay <laughs> okay do you know any other European countries that work no, it's only right now it's it's only the US and it opened to the UK early last year. Before that, it was just the US. And I, I'm not sure there's not been any word that I'm aware of about it coming to other countries, but I'm sure mm. it will. Um, I'm sure there'll be some sort of international expansion at some point. I know you're, you're in Germany. There's a lot of people in Germany waiting for it. And of course, uh, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, other English speaking countries, which uh, begin to the self-publishing movement and, and don't have access to that yet. That's it's really annoying, you know, because you're on internet and um, I have a Kindle registered in America. I'm I, everything works in Germany and then ACX doesn't work. And movies, you go to get movies in Amazon and they keep kicking you over to the Amazon.de. It's like no, I don't want that, you know. Yeah. And Netflix doesn't do that. Netflix keeps you in Netflix.com, and so it's really annoying that Amazon, the big Zon, can't figure this out because there's, I mean. Talking about Tim Ferriss in this internet lifestyle, there's so many of us. I mean, I don't even call us expats anymore. We're just normal, modern citizens. So this has to be solved. You know? So it's uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, but this ACX platform is otherwise really, really, really um, sleek, and it, it works well. I searched your name. Um, can I search your name in there? I've got 14 matches to your name in ACX. Well, it should be slightly more than 14. I've done a few more books than that, but um, maybe their search is being a bit funny. I thought it was closer to 20, but um, yeah, no, you can absolutely search me in there. I'm listed as the narrator on a bunch of books, and uh, yeah, you can see all the way from the ones... I mean, the ones I did on there right back at the beginning, that was through the company that I sent my um, my sample to back when I was Googling how to make money with your voice, and so you'll see earlier ones on there. And those are kind of from before the days of ACX. All my recent stuff has been uh -huh. done through ACX, which is just a much easier and better deal. Like you say, it's just so sleek. Yeah. And when you go through ACX, I mean, they they recently did this thing where they dropped or recently. I say recently, it was like last May. Um, but they dropped the royalties from like a 50% uh, to 90% escalator to just flat 40%, but still you know, just going direct through ACX, which is the same company as Audible, just even hmm. though, you know, they dropped that, it's still such a great deal. Right. Okay, well, I must not be using the search function correctly here because I have Sons of Thunder, John Dracy. That's the author or the or the uh, speaker? It's not me. I've never heard of the book. <laughs> exactly. So, okay, I will have to figure this out some other time. I am not getting the real Simon Whistler here. Uh, anyway, uh, so do you think uh because I've you know I've been reading a lot and I've I've been trying out everything you know everything from Chandler Bolt, Nathan Berry, Simon Whistler and and thank you again for your website I've been scraping your website for everything all of those you know all of your tips like AppSumo and and, and stuff and uh so they say audiobooks you must have an audiobook because it raises the perceived value of your kindle book you know when when you have that in amazon you they show you available as this and that so is a beginner is a beginner um do you rec recommend beginners to make an audiobook for people that just have one book or you know just working on one book 
No, in fact, I'm not sure if I'm going against the, the commonly advised thing here, but raising that perceived value with an audiobook is, is an expensive way to do things or a, a hard way to do things or a way where you're sacrificing a lot of revenue. Because, I mean, when you're doing an audiobook, there's kind of those three paths you can take. You can either record it yourself, which is difficult it requires a gear investment and if you've not done anything like this before it might not end up very good mm-hmm. then you've got the other option of just paying a narrator to, to straight up go and record it and then you basically owning the book and then putting it through acx and selling it yourself or you've got the other option of um splitting the royalties with the narrator right. so you would go 50 50 on it so either way it's you know it's not cheap um whatever way you look at it and or it's it's going to be very time consuming. And I think in terms of raising the perceived value, yes, having an audiobook on that Amazon page does look good and it does make it seem like, oh, there's been an investment made, you know, the same way a, a good cover tells you something about a book and, and the author and, and all of that stuff. But I think, you know, if you put the, the you know, if you want to see that thing where it knocks it off and it's like 70 percent off the print price is the ebook right. when no one's really ever buying the print book. That's a whole cheaper and easier way to uh to raise the perceived value of your book. I think uh-huh. just just doing an audiobook because of that is probably going to be a mistake, especially for uh, a new author. Ah, okay. Excellent. Um, well, you mentioned the royalty splits. Do you think uh, anybody would want to uh, have a royalty split with a new author who doesn't have like big earning books? I think in this situation, you can probably find that you'll be matched you could match up with a new narrator because there are going to be people on there who are looking to build a portfolio to kind of uh, establish themselves in the world like um in any industry really you'll find people who are charging a lower rate because they're starting and audiobooks is somewhat unique because of that royalty split and, and you might find someone who's who's starting out who would be able to take on that project i think in general though it, it's a challenge because there's a there's a lot of you know it's it's a fairly big market there's a lot of books there's a lot of narrators and finding someone who's going to finding finding an experienced narrator who's going to do a royalty split on a book that is not selling particularly well is really unlikely i would say uh-huh. uh, for understandable reasons because if the book you know sells a couple of copies a month you know mm-hmm. When someone's narrating the book, it's it's hours, hours, tens of hours of investment, depending on the length. So if you've got a mm-hmm. an eight-hour book, let's say it takes four times that length or five times that length for the narrator to do it. That's yeah, you know, wow. That's a significant yeah. time investment, and they need yeah. to get paid for that. Right, um, because the the interface again, the GUI in ACX is so slick. You have a button, look for narrators mm-hmm. or get auditions. What was it? I think it's get auditions. I'm, I'm, I have to say, I'm most of the time, in fact, all of the time, on the uh, narrator side of things. So, <laughs> right, right. Uh, but so, it'll be something like that, and then you can enter details about your book. You know, the title, description. You can upload an audition script, and I can give advice on all of those things. And um, yeah, then then you can you say how much you want to pay, or whether you want to do the royalty split, and then people can audition for your for your book. Right, right. I'm I'm in the website right now and it says I'm looking for someone to narrate and produce my audiobook. So I click on that. And okay, we came to the part where I'm in Germany and problems. So so uh-huh. I'll have to maybe I'll use your address in UK. No. <laughs> I <laughs> no, don't know how never, Amazon would never, feel about that. <laughs> comment not heard. Comment not heard. Okay. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. So 
audiobooks then not really uh, advisable for the beginning author it depends i mean if that there are situations where it's definitely worth doing. I wouldn't advise it as simply a way to um, raise the, the overall perceived value of your book. If you're right. passionate about getting an audio book done, if you have it in your mind that this is going to explode and be the next Da Vinci Code or, or whatever you <laughs> want, then absolutely go for it. Make the investment and find a great na narrator. And I've talked to people on my podcast. Um, maybe yeah. I can send you a couple of links afterwards of people who have put out a book They've set a certain amount, which it will be thousands of dollars aside for production, whether that's editing, covers, audiobook, all of that stuff. Wow. And, you know, an audiobook is part of that plan and they've gone for it and it's worked well for them. And of course, there are going to be times where it totally hasn't. But I, I would never I would never write it off without a proper analysis. But right. uh, for, uh, for overall perceived value, I don't think it's worth doing solely for that. But for a whole bunch of other reasons, uh, a new author might absolutely be interested in doing an audiobook. I've seen, for example, uh, some people offer the audiobook for free, but the, the Kindle and the print books for pay. Um, is there a, are there models like where people are just making audiobooks? There's an important distinction because on ACX, it's not like Amazon where you can set, uh, you know, you can go through KDP and you can say, I want to charge zero dollars for this book. And or you can't really say that, but you can do the perma free thing where you price it for free on right. uh, Smashwords or wherever, and then they'll price match. But and you can't do that with audiobooks, which is a really important thing and makes marketing of them pretty difficult. Um, yeah. So when you've seen free ones, it's either they've gone through a publisher or through Audible Studios or, or something like that, which is, you know, not open to everyone. And they've managed to do that manually through uh, sorry, through um, their publisher. Or there's other platforms for distributing audiobooks where they are free. Um, Podiobooks is the most common one. I'm not sure if you've heard of that, but it's oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. right. So um, basically, it's a, it's a site where people can upload their audiobook in a podcast form and anyone can get it for free. Uh, and there's people who've really made this work. I had a great interview with a chap called Nathan Lowell, who uh -huh. launched his entire career off this. Like he started off by writing his books and narrating them all and putting them up on Podio books and really? built a career as an author from that as a, as a marketing channel. Uh, obviously, uh, you're making sacrifices because you're not going to be selling it, but um, it, it, it worked for him as a great way to, to build awareness of, of him as an author. Interesting. So what was that model? He makes a print book and the audio book on Podio. If I'm remembering correctly, the interview is many months ago. Uh, he had written books and then Podio books was kind of a new thing. So there weren't a whole lot of authors on there offering, you know, books, audio books, essentially for free. Hmm. And so he recorded them himself. And he has, has this great story of him going off in his car and, and recording the books because it's a, a nice environment. And he bought a microphone. And he uploaded them and then people could go to Podio Books, grab the books for free, listen to them. And then he builds a fan base that way. So now when he has a written book coming out, people will go buy it. And he was even finding because people liked his stuff so much that even if they've listened to the Podio Book, they'd go and buy the the ebook later just to, uh, to read it and to support him. That's exactly where I wanted to go because <laughs> he's using the Podio free books as his lead magnet, right? essentially yes yeah even recording them in his car and then so that now we're getting into the technical aspect because 
I was trying that and it's terrible. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, that's a skill in itself, driving a car and recording a book. Uh, Chandler Bolt, you know, talks about that too. And, uh, and then using Rev to then uh, transcript, make a transcript. So um, have you tried that? I, th I think what Nathan was doing, sorry for the confusion, is he wasn't actually driving his car. Uh, a car is, um, especially like a, a modern car, it's, it's quiet, you know, because it's designed to isolate from the sounds of the road. And also when you're in a room that has lots of stuff like poking out and it's irregular shaped, it stops the sound bouncing around so you don't get an echo. So mm -hmm. I, I'm, if it's not Nathan, it's, it's someone else I've interviewed about this. I, I'm mm -hmm. questioning myself now, but he, it was definitely a guest I've interviewed who would, so they would drive their car to somewhere, park the uh -huh. car, turn off the ignition, sit with a laptop on the passenger seat or whatever Zoom H4 recorder they're using. And that's just a, a bit of recording gear that you would plug a microphone into. And they'd sit and read the book, you know, sitting in the car. Not, I, I think Sean LeBolt was, he was getting the print book written. So he'd be driving and then kind of talking and right. then that would be transcribed into a book, right? He wasn't doing, because you, you, you wouldn't be able to do the audio book that way. There'd just be too much noise and, and all of that stuff. But that's a, a really, um, that's attractive for beginners, I think, to make a lead magnet for free on Podio and then, uh, yeah, offer it for free and get people into your print book then. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've been having a lot of problem with tech lately and uh, uh i saw on your um website now you know i can't find the blog post now but you have this blog post where you show how to make the 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 microphone and you use um just a coat hanger and a, um nylons as a as a filter or what do you call it a spit filter i don't know a, a spit filter <laughs> i like it a pop filter so um pop one filter. <laughs> but i guess it does also stop the spit going onto the microphone which has to be a plus <laughs> Uh, basically when you're recording audio, you get these sounds, like I've got a pop filter in front of these, so you're probably not hearing them, but kind of, you get these hard, like P's and other letters where you kind of, the mouth forces out a rush of air and that will register in the microphone and sound kind of like the winds blowing into it. You know, when, um, yes. you know, when you hear the newscasters in I know the mouth, exactly, it's windy. But, Ex right. Yeah, Cause that's what I do all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so the, the pop filter is one of the things that can do this. I mean, you could pick one up for 10 bucks on Amazon or, um, uh, yeah, the one the one I had for a long time was uh, a metal coat hanger with a pair of tights just um, <laughs> put over yeah. it. And then you had this other great tip. Just uh, if you can't, like, make a curtain around your table, then just go under the covers. Yeah, I, I think this is a great fix uh, short term, but... If you're recording a whole book under there, I wouldn't recommend uh, <laughs> no, being under there. No, of course not. Uh, I was going to do that today, uh, but it's uh, just not that great here with all this stuff. And yeah, it's... Uh, and in the summer, it's particularly painful. I'm thinking I would actually die if I was under a yeah. cover today. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, that's a, those are some great tips. Also with the car, it wouldn't work with my car while I'm driving, for sure. I've tried it. And then, um, so what do you recommend for mobile? Uh, like, if I'm going to go drive my car out somewhere, what uh, what, what uh, device would I use to record in my car? I think I recommend keeping it simple. And there's a lot of audio pros who would disagree with me, but I've only ever used USB microphones. I've got a ton of stuff on Audible, so the quality is good enough. I use it for all my podcasting, and 
uh, basically the, the the difference is like uh, a USB microphone just plugs straight into the USB port and you're pretty much ready to rock and roll. There's mm. also um, something called XLR, which is a technology which requires, um, so you'll have uh, USB in, then you have a mixing board, and then you'll plug the microphone into the mixing board. Um, I think at the higher end of things, this is the way to go. But for, you know, if you want to talk about 80 and 20, you know, the, the 80% rule of getting yeah. 80% of the result for 20% of the effort, that uh, USB mic's the way to go. I'm currently on uh, my favorite microphone, which is a Rode Podcaster. It's uh-huh. a, couple of, a couple hundred dollars, um, maybe I paid 150 pounds for it. Um, so hmm. similar price everywhere, I'm sure. And that just plugs straight in. I have this boom arm, which I swivel around, and that makes it easy to use. Maybe not the ideal mic for a car, because it's, it's a bit of a beast, and you've got you to gotta keep your mouth from it. This, uh, you know, keep your mouth the same distance from it. Maybe the, the Blue Yeti, which is my other, other recommendation, and a little bit cheaper, would probably be better for that, because it's, uh, the microphone technology in there is, I won't go into the details, but it's a bit different and is more forgiving if you're further away from the mic and move around a little. The Blue Yeti is really popular. Even Udemy uh, has it on their uh, list of recommended devices. It's a solid mic. I was using it for a very long time. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. But now you're on your Rode podcaster, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, have you tried Udemy? I have tried Udemy. I've taken many courses on Udemy, and I have a course on Udemy. That's awesome because <laughs> right now I'm in between. Uh, well, I've decided for Gumroad because it's an awesome platform. It's so flexible. But Udemy, uh, they have screen requirements. They want you to basically dumb down your screen requirements. I've 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 been making uh, uh, screencasts 1600 by 1300 pixels or whatever. And they want you to go all the way down to 1280, and I've been having a, a hell of a time doing that. And uh, and then of course, then there were my audio requirements. So I I never got past their requirements and just said, okay, I'm going on the Gumroad now. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then Gumroad's a payment processor, right? So you still need to host the stuff yourself, or no, 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 they right? host videos. They host. Uh-huh. Yes. Did not know that. Oh, check it out. They're very, very, very flexible payment processing platform. You get a landing page. You get an auto responder, an email responder, a very sleek, very basic uh, mail service. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I love Gumroad. Uh, they're great. Um, That's cool. It, yeah, but you have to upload MP4, MP3, stuff like that. You can even rent them out. So check out Gumroad. Their uh, video requirements aren't as harsh as Udemy, and that's why I'm there, because I've been trying all of my videos on Vimeo, YouTube, and and they're really good, and and Gumroad has no problem with them, but Udemy has all of these screen requirements, so uh, you have one course on there. What's its name? Uh, I can't remember the exact name. I should probably look that up. Um, But we can look for Simon Whistler on Udemy? Yeah, almost certainly. I'll, I'll plug myself into there now but basically it's about building a an author website it's a free course um i think it's about two hours it's not one of these ones where you just run through it in five minutes but i think i describe it as a, as a saturday afternoon task so have lunch sit down follow the course and you'll be done by dinner time but uh, <laughs> so it kind of builds you a oh here it is build a stunning author website with no web skills and you can see my copywriting went into effect with that title right <laughs> <laughs> cool um and did it work out well? Is it, what do you think of Udemy? I 
don't like Udemy for selling courses because they take a large chunk and they're always discounting. Um, but as a, <laughs> as a host, I mean, I put this out, it, it's still, it's still good. People still follow it today, but I put it out over a year ago mm. and oh, in fact, maybe it was like December before last. So a while ago, but, um, mm-hmm. Uh, and then working with 1080p was fine. I was on like uh, a little laptop, but now I'm like, I watch something 1080p. Uh, 1080p. What? Sorry, sorry. I'm. What's, what was it? 1080p? What? I'm sorry. I'm talking about the wrong resolution. You, Udemy ah. was filmed in 1280, not 1080. I would like it to be 1080 rather than 12. These are just screen resolutions. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. Um, yeah, but Udemy had that restriction. And thinking about it now, it's it's low. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, the course goes out on there. I think a lot of people who are selling high-priced courses today, I, uh, I think of uh, Nick Stevenson, who's recently put it to, put it together that amazing course about um, uh, building mailing lists for authors, and he was very against Udemy. He want you know he hosts himself and does all of that because really. Then you get control, then you get to price it how you want rather than Udemy just randomly deciding that it's going to be charged as a dollar for a, for a day or whatever. And then that devalues the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I think, you know, great platform in many ways, but also does have some shortcomings. But you're still getting traffic from it. I, yeah, I get a reasonable amount of traffic. I'm looking at it now. I've got two and a half thousand students have enrolled in it that doesn't mean they're all taking it but hundreds of people have have followed it all the way through and every now and again i'll be browsing uh, authors websites and I'll be like i recognize that yeah so it's <laughs> worth it uh, using it as a lead magnet again right yeah absolutely and people would definitely discover the podcast and discover rocking self publishing um uh, you know the website through that so what did you um, use to make that your laptop and then your your um, blue yeti microphone or yeah, I was on the Blue Yeti, I think, back then. So it would be uh, Blue Yeti Camtasia screen recorder. I know people like right, screen, right. screen flow, but I'm a, I'm a Camtasia fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. I, mm-hmm. I found it pretty easy. And you, you didn't have any problem with the review process? Because every time I put something up there, they're coming up with something new. And Jesus Christ, I can't keep buying microphones here, you know? <laughs> they They fussed about a bunch of stuff, but... It wasn't any. It wasn't anything that required new gear or re-recording. It was usually. This was a while ago. Now I'm just thinking what oh, it was. <laughs> yeah. But the, yeah, no, I ran into the same thing of like, oh, okay, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be like this. It shouldn't be like that. I'm like, Guys, come on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's interesting because everybody seems to be running into that. And, uh, but great, great. So you mentioned Nick Stevenson, and uh, he's one of my heroes. He's one of the guys when I I got his uh, reader magnets, mm. and. Um, uh, that's one of the things that helped me turn around. That's when I got my first 20 subscribers in one day was when I tried his stuff. You know, and, cool. And that's probably not a lot. I mean, but it was my first try and it, it worked, you know. And so then I was a Nick Stevenson fan from then on. And Yeah, uh, Nick's a great guy. Yeah. And and yeah, so and I noticed Nick Stevenson is in your writer's circle. He is, yeah. Um, Nick and I, we first connected... I can't remember who it was who introduced us, but I did a podcast with him. And then this last, I think it was either December or January when I was back in the UK, um, seeing my family as I do for Christmas. 
and Nick and I met up in London and we went for we went for some lunch and then he was putting together his course at this point so we sat down in a in a co-working office and recorded a, a module on uh, audiobooks and uh, podcasting and that sort of stuff which was a lot of fun and, and great to meet Nick in person awesome awesome yeah he's one of our um, what do you call it our benchmarks right another guy who was doing a job I, I don't know what kind of job, but then, uh, yeah, made the transition from corporate England, whatever, to a full-time writer, and uh, uh, it's awesome. And um, so you said he's he was against Udemy, he, so he's got everything on his own website, right? Um, yeah, all hosted himself. I think. I mean, he's hosting on on Wistia, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, all off Udemy, all all in his own garden. So tell me more about your writer's circle. This is your this it see when when I look in your website it's pretty elite. You've got Joanne Penn, you've got Nick Stevenson. This is your uh your um what do you call it, your crash crew or what? Yeah, it's like a um I'm a big believer in being around people who are where you want to go or are thinking in the same way you are. I've been involved in several communities and mastermind groups since I started doing this whole Tim Ferris thing and they've yes. just been invaluable to me. And yeah. basically it all came about because I I now I've talked to over 100 people from the podcast and I kind of was emailing back and forth and I was like, you should meet this person. You should meet that person. Can I put you in touch with this person? And I was like, all right, so I'm going to build a group for these people. And so I, I went back through the, the interviews and I was like, do you want to be a part of this group I'm putting together? And a bunch of people were like, yeah, that's a good idea. So I did. And it kind of grew from there. And then I kind of, I also don't like something when it's not, when it's kind of, a tap on the shoulder. I much prefer things to be meritocratic. Like you should be able to, you know, it shouldn't be like a secret club. It should be a, you can come and ask to join. And if you meet the requirements and, and whatever, and there are certain ones, cause it is kind of like a higher level community. The idea is for people who are looking to take, you know, from having several successful books to going to that kind of next level of super successful author, like some of the people you, you mentioned. Right. Right. And yeah, then I basically made it so, Put, made it say i put this together if you want to join here's some information on it and uh let me know awesome so you you made a you you just made a community you're a community leader it, it pretty much i was just like as i said these people should be in touch more and i just thought that that was the easiest way to do it that's awesome because you know i i basically started seriously this year uh like I said when i i, I read uh, nick stevenson's reader magnets and then all of a sudden i had subscribers and uh, so I've been neglecting my Facebook page. What do you <laughs> recommend for newbie community wannabe leaders like me? I am not really a Facebook user. Um, this is, uh -huh. it, I guess, like Nick and you to me. I'm, I, I don't want Facebook to run my site. I want to be able to, I want to say like, I want this here. I want this discussion at the top. I want this to be there. I want this color. Yeah. And I just don't think you get that flexibility with Facebook, not to mention they can just be like, oh, yeah, not anymore. We've changed our minds. Um, that's now public. Oh, and yeah. Uh, we know that one. Well, Google likes <laughs> to change their algorithms. Amazon changed their reviewing process, all that stuff. Good stuff. But so where does your community meet? Is it online or? Uh... Yeah, uh, I run it off an open source platform called Vanilla Forums, which oh. I think their website's vanilla.org. <laughs> sounds good. It is. It's, it's a really neat, I, I think for a long time forums looked like they were from the 1980s yeah. to, to like late 2000 and 
vanilla is one of this new breed of forums that are actually you know decent and <laughs> so I, I got a guy to install it on my on my web server i set everything up i kind of it's got a similar branding inside to how the, the rocking self-publishing website looks so it's all kind of uh looking familiar yeah. despite being totally different software i mean rsp is on wordpress mm -hmm. and then this is on vanilla but it's mm -hmm. it's a really neat piece of software and you get a ton of flexibility as the admin and it's free it's free yeah amazing um, the software is built so they have the way vanilla make money is they have the free version which is open source and then they have like a, a cloud hosted platform so i think it's a hundred bucks a month which was a bit rich for me and yeah. they will kind of manage everything for you whereas i'm kind of like mm, i'm tech savvy enough i could i could handle this myself to uh, to to my uh regret at sometimes but mostly uh -huh. yeah well <laughs> tech <laughs> yes <laughs> What um? But it's a forum manager, not a membership site. Um. Oh, I'm not sure what the difference is. Uh, well, I think with membership you have to pay, and it's monthly. And uh, well, that was my question to you actually. Can it do both? Is this vanilla forum? Can you make? Uh, can you use it as a membership? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, um, the forum is the mastermind group. The writer circle is a paid group. It's just basically I put that as a as a hurdle because uh -huh. okay. I just I don't want to go through like a thousand applications and that's right. become my life. And as much as I kind of would like to do that, I have to you know do other things. <laughs> okay, yeah, of course. And, yeah. And so basically, it doesn't have that built in. So I run with a company called. Fast Spring, which I went with because there was this whole VAT thing. I'm not sure you're you're in oh, Germany. Yes. You're familiar with that? Um, yes. <laughs> so Fast Spring basically take care of all of that for you, but they charge more. Like a, they take a bigger slice than PayPal, for example, which could do the same thing. And if I wasn't dealing with this EU VAT mess, then um, I would just yeah. use PayPal. But Fast Spring make it much less of a headache, and then um, I kind of manually put that information into. The Vanilla Forum, which is a separate platform, but you can integrate, you can manually make everything work. It's a bit of a headache, but it's okay. That's awesome, though. So, so tell us about your big guns. Who's your who's your favorite author of all time, and uh, who's the biggest author you got? Um, my favorite author. I've. Do you know Mark Dawson? Hmm. I interviewed him a few months ago, or maybe a year ago, and then I interviewed him again. And I mean, I interview a new author every week, so I don't always get a chance to. I mean, in fact, most of the Mark time, I, I will. He writes this uh, series, the John Milton series, and okay. so I, I picked up his book. It was he's one of these guys who does the, uh, you know, in, in he's in Nick Stevenson school of give away books and get them on the mailing list. Right. And so I picked up like three free books from him. Yeah. And I finished the first one, and then I just went straight to the second one. And I think now I'm about six or seven books in a row in. <laughs> yeah, see, that's Reader Magnets from Nick Stevenson, so it worked. Uh, for for Mark, yeah, I've uh, I've bought several books off him, and his stuff is super compelling. It's just, um, I'd compare Mark him Dawson. to uh, Mark Dawson. Mark Dawson. Dawson. Yeah, it's it's really great stuff. He's he's kind of like Lee Child, um, in in a way. So. In order to be in this writing circle, you have to be a successful author. How do you, what's the criteria? It's kind of, I don't want to say it's arbitrary, but I've interviewed so many people now that when, you know, there'll be the application form and then maybe I'll jump on Skype for 10 or 15 minutes with someone. Mm -hmm. But these days, you know, you get that 
just looking at someone's application, looking at where they've come, how they've done, because all this information is so easy to grab off Amazon or whatever. You can see like how many books they've got out, how serious yep. they are about covers, about editing, whether they've pursued audio or advertising. You know, the internet never forgets. And from that, I can get a feel of like, yes, you're either, you know, already successful now and that's the easiest to into the community as long as you're, as you come across as I'm not just there to take information, but I'm there to be part of an information exchange, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is like the person who comes in, it's like, yes, I only have three books out now that they're not selling a bunch, but I'm doing this, 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 and this. Yeah. And you just kind of like, yeah, in a year, you're going to be the next, um, <laughs> insert successful author here. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, um, sounds like a Bilderberg group or something. How often do you guys meet for world domination? There's, it's kind of, <laughs> for world domination, we haven't yet, but I'm hoping to put together a, a kind of in-person meetup or, or I, I don't know, maybe it's talking pie in the sky here, but in a, in a year or two, I love the idea of putting together a conference yeah. kind of, or like a, a small get together, maybe even here in Europe for authors who are kind of of that mentality mm. um, that's often spoken about on my podcast, like uh yeah. writing you know not seeing business as a dirty word in writing and kind of thinking really hard about that and and marketing and promotion and and not being afraid to say that they write books that sell you know right and, right um, well you know all of the um what all of the uh successful guys they also say nothing beats uh person to person you know you still have to beat the streets and you know and meet people actually you know i and, uh, i really agree i think you know we've been been brought closer together by things like google hangouts and we like the group will meet um once a week uh whoever wants to drop in we have a hangout then and i have a hangout with a couple of other people in like a smaller mastermind group from the community every week and those things have brought us you know it's great to see someone kind of almost life-size on these big monitors we can have these days but yeah yeah going for a coffee or a drink with someone is Hmm. is still i think super important yeah if you can if you're like I don't know, even, even here in Prague, there are other writers that I, I meet up with and other people who are doing the, the internet business thing. And um, several times a week or at least several times a month, I'll meet up with people and I don't think anything really beats it. And, and it gets back to your thing. Uh, um, you are who you hang out with, right? Um, what, totally. Yeah, what did you, you mentioned? It, it was from the uh, Think, and Grow, Grow, Think and Grow Rich book, actually, right? Mastermind, mastermind groups. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, before I forget, I wanted uh, to go back to these audiobooks. And one of the special problems I have is that I had a bestseller, but it was an anonymous book. Uh. I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, you know, say, hey, everybody, I got one. And yeah, what, what is it? Yeah, well, I can't tell you, you know. <laughs> huh. So how many pen names and can you be anonymous with audiobooks? I... I'm not certain, but I totally, th- I, I, I can see no reason why you couldn't. Um, you were going through ACX as, oh, I suppose you didn't see because of that Germany wall. Um, yeah. But uh, as you go in, you can, um, you know, you just enter your books ASIN and it will pull the information and that will include whatever name you've chosen to publish it under. I mean, just like on KDP, you choose the name that'll yeah. just be pulled across to ACX. It won't, it won't reveal you unless you mm-hmm. choose to be revealed. Yeah, because. This is one of my my uh, areas improvement of improvement. I've I've got uh, some books and uh, you know they weren't big bestsellers, but they also weren't tiny categories where you just look for a category and put it in there. You know that we know about those bestsellers too. But um, 
<laughs> I'm a bestseller in a sub 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 category. Exactly. Yeah. Multiple number ones in the category of one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, uh, off topic again. That brings me to the Katie Spy tool. Uh, Nick Stevenson. Uh, he he uh, mentions that. And uh, boy, with that tool, I mean, you can find those categories, and everybody can make a bestseller. You know. Yeah, uh, Nick <laughs> took me onto that tool as well, and I've got it installed in my browser, and it, it's pretty fascinating. I mean, it's taking all that information that's public, but just displaying it in a really easy way. It's it's quite fun. Yeah, I I call it the Mercedes because um, there's other guys out there. They're making one. What's it called? I don't remember the Kindle something, but it's a subscription service. They want like thirty bucks a month, mm. and. The one thing it does better, though, is that it will submit your book to all of these free sites. So he took ah. the Kindle Spy tool and added something on top of it, and it will submit to the free sites and the Facebook groups, but you have to be a member. And uh, I don't know. Uh, so it looks very promising. It looks looks exactly like Katie Spy with another tab. What's it called? I have to look it up. It's um, It's Kindle... Oh, man... It's okay. It's probably yeah. something that will come across. I'll get it back to you. I'll, point. Yeah. I'll send it to you in the email. The, the Kindle. Man, I just. Uh... Ah, don't worry about it. I'm, I'll, I'll yeah. stick it up. It's in my favorites, but I've only got a thousand favorites by the time I. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, of course. It'll be easy to find. No. Nope. Easy to find. <laughs> right. Um, oh, yeah. The anonymous books. So, um, okay. So, anonymous audiobooks are theoretically possible. I will have to get back on that one. I'll have to try that one because then I would definitely be doing a uh, a split, a royalty split. And do you think there would be a problem there with because I would be auditioning my book as who, you know? Ah, uh, well, if it's anonymous, I I I can't Yeah. I suppose you could set up like but mm, I think to your narrator, they, the name at some point would probably come out because you're going to be emailing back and forth with someone or your email address. Maybe, maybe not. I, I have to say I don't know, but it sounds like the kind of relationship where at some point you'd sign your real name or use the wrong email address and the cat would be out of the bag. But if if an author told me to keep my mouth shut about yeah. who the book was actually written by, I, I would keep my mouth shut. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Um, let's see. Well, what else? What else is... Um, with your website or your writer's circle, where are you going nowadays? What's in the future for you? Um, I think right now it's continue with the podcast, continue with the, the mastermind group and RSP. Um, I've thought about courses, but um, a little bit on the distance. I also do uh, a lot of stuff on uh, YouTube, like which is unrelated, but that's that's taken up the majority of my time at the moment as as we've recently been expanding that element of kind of my life i guess my um internet business in, in its entirety so that's that's been there but that kind of that's that's the that's the near future and do you use youtube just for small free stuff uh, what are you using youtube for uh actually i run uh a couple of channels uh, uh, about it's it's just entertainment so we have one that is kind of a list based channel so we do top 10 lists and another one is um kind of longer form content shorter form in a way like each video is shorter but we'll deal with like one particular topic so um actually i have this open in front of me now just have the tab and like a recent one we did was about the time that 
um, dogs were used as weapons in war and so <laughs> kind of, this kind of fun stuff. It's, it's really unrelated to anything I do in self-publishing. Kind of, I started it at, the, uh, at a similar time to RSP and right. kind of it's, it's running in parallel. Awesome. Do you have time to make your own books now or are you just busy doing contracts? Uh, I, uh, contracts. Or, well, audiobooks and, uh, for other people or... Um, I've, I, I was planning to do more books this year than I have. Um, and I kind of have one drafted that I haven't really done anything with, but mm -hmm. I have to say the, um, with the podcast and, and with the YouTube stuff, particularly, it's just, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I seem to be working an infinite number of hours and <laughs> just trying to find the time to fit, fit other stuff in like those books I want, I wanted to get done. It's, it's just not really happened this year. Maybe, uh, hopefully 2016. <laughs> So do you use time management tools or do you have any uh, Steve Job tips? Oh, yeah, I use tons of time management. Well, it's, it's sort of. I mean, in some ways, I'm the super basic person. Like, I just use the Notes app and then I will... Okay. Oh, sorry, my phone just buzzed. Let me turn it off. Um, <laughs> I will use the um, the Notes app in, in Mac and then I'll just strike through stuff at the end of the day. Uh, oh, sorry, as I go through it during the day. Right. But then also for team management to work with my team, I use an app called Asana. Oh, yeah, I've heard of them, yeah. Which is kind of a cloud-based to-do list where you can assign other people yeah. tasks. So and I'll just... You get a Gantt chart, right? I you, I don't think you get a Gantt chart in it. It's ah. at least... Well, maybe you do, and I'm just not using it. I tend to just yeah. use the, the list, and then I put the first tasks at the top, and then also there's a calendar view, so you can assign tasks for certain days. Right. Which is... It's a really neat tool. Um, I and also. Yes, totally free. I yeah, think if you awesome. have more than five people on your team, then you pay for it. But I have, I think, four people on Asana, so it's not a big deal. Right. Um, I also use uh, a Pomodoro timer, which is 25 minutes work, five minutes break, mostly oh. on the... <laughs> You're a fan? Yeah, yes. I, I, yeah, but I don't have the tomato. But um, this really works. Uh, when, I don't know what you focus or you blitz it. I don't know, but... Um, if you can do it, it, it works really well. And then you take a break. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's for, some days I can just go and do the work and I'm just 12 hours later, I'm done. Other days it's a bit of a grind and then I'm like 25 minutes and then I'll break and I'll pot around the house and, you know, put some dishes in the dishwasher or, um, just listen to this. I'm a, I'm a huge podcast junkie. And so I'll listen to some podcasts for five minutes and then I go back to the desk. I sit down, I blitz out 25 minutes more work and mm -hmm. rinse and repeat for the rest of the day. So do you find yourself mixing work and play? Uh, I genuinely enjoy what I do. I don't, mm -hmm. you know, some days it's going to be a grind. Absolutely. But mm -hmm. Most days I sit down, it's like, what do I get to do today? And it's, I get to, I mean, right now it's 12 o'clock on a Wednesday and I get to talk to you for an hour, which I'm just, it's, it's a great conversation. I'm enjoying doing this. Awesome. And hopefully we're making something that other people will like, which is a big reason of, of why I do things. I like making things that people like. Um, <laughs> I well, guess that's I got, not so unusual. <laughs> no, I, I, I got the information I wanted. Thank you very much. And I hope other people enjoy it. Um, but I'm not done yet. We've got seven minutes. Oh, seven cool. minutes to extract everything. <laughs> um, uh, where were we? Ah, yeah. So uh, uh, getting back to the, the Tim Ferriss internet lifestyle and this stuff, uh, mm. 
I'm I'm sorry, I missed the transition again from England to Sri Lanka. Were you working one of them nine to five jobs? I have to admit, I've never done a nine to five. Oh, I, good for you. <laughs> um, I I've done internships. I've done the jobs working in shops and delivering newspapers and all of that stuff that people do before they enter the big bad world. But mm -hmm. no, um, I I never never did nine to five. Okay, so uh, yeah, we were on. What's next for you? Uh, with your podcast and uh, I was thinking I, I thought you were going to go more for voice acting in Hollywood and you know really hit that silver screen or something oh <laughs> uh, yeah maybe um, I think uh, I, I'm really enjoying what I, I do with the, the YouTube stuff that's certainly closer mm -hmm. to that and I think my my opinion of this stuff is podcasting is the new radio youtube is is the new tv and yep. you know self-published books are the new books and that's the way the industry is going i think you know movies and stuff it's it's always going to be big budget productions out of hollywood but a lot of the other stuff <laughs> is going to move towards you know the cutout middleman the youtubes the podcasts oh yeah, the, yeah. Uh, amazons of the world Yep, definitely. I mean, we're reading about it every day about these 16-year-old kids with 5 million followers you know, making thousands of bucks with their AdWords on YouTube. But, uh, okay. <laughs> what, um, so, my favorite question, if you could have dinner with anyone, past or present, who would it be? Wow. Um, do I have to, does the person have to be known to everyone? No, past or present, living or dead. Uh, anyone i get i i would like to have dinner with one of my relatives like four or five generations back oh yeah i That's, reckon because yeah. i'd just be curious as to like what stuff has trickled because that would be just a totally different society totally different culture but yeah. i'd be so curious as to what you know personal characteristics have trickled down through like four or five generations because i could see stuff in like my grandparents that i can see in me ah. and like my immediate family of course but i'm wondering like what if you went back further than that hey that's time travel that's great stuff i mean i'd like to go back to the neanderthal days and see what the heck was going on back then you know yeah, yeah. but if you go back to the wrong generation your great 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 granddad what was that the victorian times they were really disciplinarians weren't they they might <laughs> slap you or something you know it's like, get a job <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah I, I what's find this that, internet thing you're talking about <laughs> yeah I find that fascinating, too. It might be embarrassing, though, to see who, who your relatives were, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Cool. What else um, What else is going on? you have anything else? Uh, how about some killer tips or or you want to talk about your website or you got anything, get off your chest or something you want to, you want to, uh, whatever? Um, you know, I would love it if people would check out my podcast. It goes out on Thursdays. Uh, it's kind of long form, 45 minutes to one hour interviews with successful self-publishers, people who are doing something interesting. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy doing that. I think uh, it's, it's kind of like th this is the reverse of that in a way. And it's, mm -hmm. it's often interesting to be on the other side of the microphone where I'm usually the person being interviewed, you know. Um, but it's kind of this sort of this sort of thing. And I'd love it if people would check that out off my chest. Um, yeah. Uh, I I'm I, I don't think so. I, I'm pretty good, I think. Nice, nice. I hope. 
Maybe, oh. maybe. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted just one more thing because, um, you know, my, my group or members are all beginners like me. And uh, could you sum up just uh, the, the, the audio book for beginners or patio? What, what do you think for beginners? What sh should they be focusing on? Doing the work. I know it's tired and old advice, but I think the most important thing is not to think about, if you're just starting out, don't think about audiobooks. Don't think about the sixth book in the series. Think about the next book. Think about the next chapter. Think about, you know, just taking that next step. Because if you think about the, the huge steps that you need to take, it can either be overwhelming or just all seem like too much. And I think if you just like that thing I do every day where I write down the list in the little notes and it's like, those are the steps I need to take today. If I get those done or if I get, you know, 50% of those done, it's a good day. And, and then have a think about strategy. Not all the time. Don't be always thinking about what's, you know, so far in the future. I, I think about that usually Sunday afternoons. And then I make a list of like, you know, how things have gone, where things are going next. And then, mm -hmm. Um, on a day-to-day -day basis, I don't think on such a, a big level. I just think of what do I need to get done this week, and I trust that that will all fall into place. And right. I think that this this kind of keeps it all manageable. It keeps people. It keeps you moving forward. It keeps mm -hmm. you underwhelmed, mm -hmm. if that's the, probably not the right well, word. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But what I get a lot is um, the question: How can I ensure my book will be a success before I make it? <laughs> yeah, I'll make it first. <laughs> yeah, and then I tell them about book validation, and I send them to my website, and uh, your website has uh, a lot of overlaps, or mine overlaps with yours, because I got most of the tips from you, you mm. know, about, um, you know, start an author website, uh, get people interested in your book before you make the book. Yeah. And you, that is actually your um, uh, Udemy course, is to start an author website, right? That's the one, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, so it's, a good, it's a good starting point. But I think, again, you know, the book is the number one priority, like a website's important. But if that means you're sacrificing the writing time, mm -hmm. you know, either be aware of that or just I think I think people focus on the wrong thing sometimes. And yep. just just knowing what you need to do is, is important. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any focusing tricks? I, I hate to come back to it again, but that, that note list at the beginning of the day and just striking yep. them through and doing the Pomodoros just yep. allows me to get it done every day. Okay, and it's... timeless advice. Focus on your book, right? Yep, always. Simon, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I think I've got enough information now to make three e-books. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, okay. Thanks so much again for taking the time for us. And uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you and uh, working with you in the future. And one day, one of these days, I'm going to make some bestseller, not anonymous books. And then I'm going to be in your writing club, your writer circle. That would be good. I, I look forward to welcoming you. All right. And, so and Thank you for having me on. It's, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Have fun in Prague. And I will talk to you later. See you.